Thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast presented by the Riley Decker Companies. Please do us a favor and help us change and improve lives by subscribing and giving us a rating on the platform of your choice. Thank you. All right, we have a special guest today. I want to welcome Eric Legrand. Welcome to the Underdog Podcast. I appreciate you having me on, Kyle. Yeah, it's a super blessing to have uh, Eric today. And those that don't know, um, you'll soon find out. And I think a lot do know uh, Eric's story, but he's an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, sports analyst, philanthropist, an author, and much, much, much more. Um, as we talked about Eric on the Underdog Podcast, it's how do you overcome adversity in your life to have success? And especially after a lot of our guests have had events like the event you had um, or similar or some, some th- something of that scope to overcome and then go forward. So I want to start on that October 16th, 2010 at MetLife Stadium while you're playing for Rutgers and playing a football game. Uh, there was a play that left you paralyzed and that started a new chapter of your life. So can you kind of walk through those that are not familiar with uh, your situation that happened that day and what's stemmed from there and give them a little bit of background and we can lead into uh, different things from there? Sure, absolutely. October 16, 2010, my life changed forever. I'm playing at MetLife Stadium in a fourth quarter game, five minutes left, tied up 17 and 17, running down on the kickoff to make a tackle. I said, do I want to use my head or my shoulder on this play? And I said, let me use my shoulder, keep my head totally out of the play. My teammate got down there about a half a second before I did, and he tripped Malcolm Brown, the Army football player who I tackled on the play, tripped him up, and his body twirled in the air. And the trajectory changed of where I thought I was going to hit him in the angle. And the crown of my head ended up going right to the back of his shoulder blade. Next thing you know, I'm laying on the ground motionless. And come to find out, I fractured my CC4 vertebrae. And at the time, I was paralyzed from the neck down. And very grim prognosis from the doctors after that, but I've overcome a lot more since. Yeah. And, and uh, those that don't know, uh, I was fortunate. I was a, I was a quarterback, so I, I didn't, wasn't on, I held for field goal. So I guess I was a special teamer, but running down on a kickoff, you know, you said that they analyzed it. And it's like Usain Bolt running full speed into a brick wall. Can you explain the high impact and, 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 and just, you know, I think it obviously un, it was an f- unfortunate situation, but, um, you know, you're laying there, you know, the, the hitting that kind of, uh, you know, you said your, your neck, that happening, Coach Chiano coming out, asking you to pray for yourself. Um, you're trying to raise the thumb as those that get carted off a field try to do, aren't able to do that. Can you kind of walk through, you know, laying on the field and, and, and getting to the hospital and thereafter? As you mentioned, yeah, it's like you, the, a lot of uh, scientists and doctors said it was a, the fastest man in the world running full speed into a brick wall with Malcolm's speed coming towards me and then my speed going towards him and us colliding together. Yeah, it was it was rough. And I remember laying, laying on the ground and my trainer's running up out to me saying, is it your head or your neck? And I said, I can't breathe. Just like that. Now, can you feel this? Can you feel that? And like I said, I can't breathe. And Coach Shiano, Greg Shiano, he comes out to me looks down, tells me to pray. Tell him, you know, obviously I start praying for gas or anything, but at one point I thought that, that that was it. And I remember I closed my eyes and I was just like, God, take me at ease. As nothing happened, they brought the cart out on the board and they lifted me up on the board. I went to give that thumbs up to the crowd as I was getting carted off. And 
just felt like there was a thousand pounds laying on my hand. Mara couldn't move it, couldn't do anything. And gets his, uh, and then Enzo, my mom and my sister are on the field now. And obviously they're hysterical. So I'm trying to calm them down, let them know I'm going to be okay. I just got a full body stinger and I knocked the wind out of myself. I thought I'll be all right. I put an oxygen mask on when I get in the ambulance. And I went to take that inhale and then exhale. As I inhaled in, I wasn't able to exhale. And then I blacked out. Yeah. And in, in just kind of visualizing that, being on a football field myself, I just can't imagine. Um, but what <clears throat> also then you leave the field, I think after seven minutes you had said, and you get to the hospital and you start your recovery process and you have like, it's one of the biggest, you know, news stories across the country or the biggest. And you have, you know, Tom Coughlin and I think Rex Ryan and the giants like Justin Tuck coming to visit, right. Where you're thinking you're quoted as saying, you know, I thought, you know, I'm getting scouted, right. I'm, I'm injured, but they're, they're showing love and I'm going to come back and I'm going to be, you know, already up on a, a scouting report to get drafted by the giants or the jets. So can you talk about, you know, that transition to that point? And I don't know if that's necessarily a low point, but when you had to realize that you were paralyzed. Yeah, I mean, I remember at the beginning when I was so highly medicated on stuff just from the surgery and whatnot and what was going on, everything was loopy. And Tom Coughlin stopped by and it was actually Andy Reid, when he was with the Eagles at the time, he came up to turn by. And I remember being in my bed, I'm saying, I'm like, oh, these guys know who I am now, like. When I get out there again, like they're gonna remember who I am when I'm when I'm playing, then hopefully, yeah, they can remember in the scouting report the next year or so. When I get ready to go to the NFL, this was like, you know, the first week or so into the injury. I'm like, this is awesome, obviously, as you know, you start to learn what had happened to you. I remember my mom saying to me, let me know when you wanna have the conversation on what's going on. And I waited about a week and a half, two weeks to have that conversation. And she's, you know, she told me what had happened to me, but there was just so much support going on that it kind of went in one ear right out the other when she told me about my injury and that I was, you know, and I, we didn't really, I said like, you know, paralyzed, but you say you fractured your C3. C4 vertebrae, you can't move right now, but you know, you got to do rehab and a lot of things like that. And then just the overwhelming of support kind of just, well, I'm going to focus on that. Then, you know, all the support and what you kind of just told me. Yeah. And, and, you know, stemming from that standpoint, you know, you have a quote here and it says, ever since my, uh, then my life was taken and flipped and turned upside down, but I never let that hold me back from doing what I want to do and live in my journey out the fullest in life. We have to take advantage of each and every day that we are given. Nothing is promised, right? So you have a new perspective laying in the hospital after recently you're running down on a tied football game, you know, on kickoff coverage. Um, and you go from, you know, trying to win that football game in MetLife Stadium to the hospital, then to realizing you're paralyzed. But now all of a sudden you start to flip the script, as you said in this quote, and start to make the most of it. Can you talk, you know, from that point on and your recovery and, you know, you're starting to obviously you've done a lot of great things since then. Well, you, you go through your recovery, you start to see stuff. You know, other people, other people's stories, you meet people through the recovery process that five months of inpatients at Kessler after I left the hospital after three weeks. <clears throat> so, and then you start to see and learn to appreciate you, what you have and everything that's surrounding you because you realize that not everyone has that. 
And you see families that are broken up. You see unfortunate people passing away. You see you know, people not that don't have a support system or anybody there for them. It's just like, whoa, I have everything in front of me. How can I be upset with you know, my situation when it could be a lot worse? And that's when my new perspective on life came to. No matter how bad your situation may be, there's always someone that has it worse than you. So be appreciative for the things that you do have. Don't focus on the things that you don't have. And if it's something that you really want, then you work your butt off to get it. That's powerful. Man, that is super, super powerful. I call them knowledge nuggets inside the podcast. That's one. Knowledge nuggets. I like that. That is is a nugget. Someone's always uh, might be in a more difficult situation and making the most brother. I, 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 I love that. And, uh, talking about, you know, some, some cool things here in milestones, just wanted to touch upon in 2012, you realized your NFL dream when then, uh, your old college coach, Greg Schiano signed you to Tampa Bay for a professional contract in 2014. Uh, you were, uh, honored speaker at a commencement ceremony at Rutgers university. And, uh, you reminded, as you just said, anything is possible. Uh, you've created a clothing brand, Shop 52, in 2019. And then something I'm really curious about uh, as we get <laughs> down here is the the, the coffee. So the uh, Grand Coffee House. I've seen a lot of that on LinkedIn and Facebook and across there. I, I, I have not uh, dabbled in that, but I know you say so many things can happen over a cup of coffee. So I'm going to have to try it out. Yeah, you definitely have to try it out. But yeah, as you just rolled off a list of things, yeah, just being able to getting drafted to the Buccaneers with uh, Cociano, who went down to Tampa for a few years, and he signed me with an NFL contract as a 90th man on the roster. I got to go down there like 10 times in two years, be a part of the team, the organization, get all the swag, you know, and we get to talk in front of the whole team. It was just being a part of them. It was just a really cool moment, just heartfelt, and I'll always be thankful to the Tampa Bay Buccaneer organization for that, you know, and even I'm a diehard Denver Broncos fan, I still will always, you know, root for Tampa because of that. From there, you know, I got to, I graduated in 2014 from Rutgers with my degree in labor relations, and I got to give the commencement speech in front of my fellow classmates. And wow, that was, that was special because all the families, there was like 50,000 people in there. And I just got to, you know, and that was the moment that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives, graduation. So I just want to make sure I left, you know, them with a nice message. And yeah, started my Shop 52 brand. and. That's been good as being able to represent my, that's uh, been represent me in, in apparel ways when it comes to being a role model and believing in things of that nature. And as you mentioned, my last new business endeavor, the Grand Coffee House. Man, this has been fun. This has been a lot of fun, man. You know, I want to spend some more time on that, but um, yeah, it's definitely been a lot of fun learning about the business aspect of it and growing and being able to be able to bring our, our model, bringing unity to the community what a daily couple believe. And we want to keep on giving people those daily affirmations to go out there and be the best that you can be every time you sip some of my coffee. Oh man. Unity into the community. I love that, man. That is, that is fantastic. And is it really true? You, you didn't have your first cup of coffee till like last year, August, 2020 is the first cup of coffee I've ever had. And I remember I've like, like I've taken a sip of it and I remember that like bitter taste of it. Um, and I remember so I was at the time I was working with a local roaster and uh, he brings me up and brings me up a cup of coffee. So I remember I go to take the sip of it. I added a straw. My, I'm like, I was waiting for that. 
you know, that bitter taste, and it went down smooth. I was like, hold up, let me let me get some more. <laughs> and I took some more and some more. I'm like, whoa, this stuff is kind of good. I was drinking it black. There was no pre-rider. I, I wanted to get the full taste. My next cup, I poured another one right after I threw some creamer in it. I was like, whoa, like I've been missing out. This stuff is good. I like I, I thoroughly enjoy it now. Shoot, now I learned about it, educated myself, hired a business advisor, and it's just taken off. Yeah, well, I can't wait. I'll definitely uh, order some, or if I'm up in your neck of the woods, uh, I'll have to check it out. Um, something, Eric, I, I like to talk about athletics. And I wasn't as good of an athlete or near the athlete you were, but athletics, I think for all of us, whether it's high school or college, as we both played, um, transferable leadership skills that I learned at Miami University that I translate into life and business. And something I remember from Coach Yano, I, I believe, is the, the, the chop. We actually do it here. Chop, you know, chopping wood and, um, you know, taking, you know, the lunch pail to work or the blue collar work ethic, you know, getting after it. What are some things that you learned that you were able to translate after your injury from athletics or leadership and into business? So much leadership, doing what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to do it. Accountability, holding yourself accountable, but everyone else around you to the standards that you set in front of everyone. Because as the leader, if you're not doing your job as being accountable, why is everyone else going to follow you? You know, believing, believing in our mission, believing in our goals and believing what we want to, uh, that message that we want to spread out there. And then making tough decisions, having to let go of people that don't have that same vision, you know, cutting ties in that way. And, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, they're not always ending up in a good way, but you always have to remember what's important and what you, why you started. You know, and then being able to grow, develop relationships or rely on a team. Obviously, physically, I I can't do anything when it comes to, you know, the physical labor of, of the business. But I develop, I got a great team around me that I believe in. I put my trust in them to get the job done each and every day. And that's all the stuff that you rely on from, from playing football and just athlete, and being an athlete in general. You know, when working together as a team, being a leader, doing doing your job, handling your you're part of the uh, part of the um, you're part of the job. So, so many things that correlate from football, athletics to business. Yeah, my old coach, Coach Hep, used to say, um, "Look out all the coaches around." We'd be sitting in the, in the team huddle, and or after practice, see all the coaches say, "These guys, that guy's smarter than me. That guy's smarter than me." What that, does that mean about me? I'm able to hire people that are smarter and better. As a leader, you surround yourself, as you said, with some of those, like in business, I believe it's the same way. And obviously you just said that with, you know, LeGrand Coffee and Shop 52 and some of your other uh, entrepreneur and, and businesses, how important that is. So I think that's a really good point there, Eric. Um, a few other things, I think I love the ESPYs and I remember the moment. Yeah. Um, I watch it every year and it's for one award. I like to watch them all, but the Jimmy V award is really special. Uh, the Jimmy V speech, I think has touched so many, uh, and what he's done in the, in his organization moving forward, um, for research for cancer and those different things. Um, but you won the perseverance at the ESPYs, uh, the Jimmy V award in 2012. Can you talk through that? And obviously sports illustrated best moment in 2011, WWE hall of fame in 2017, but can you kind of talk what, the recognition has meant for you or has created, you know, awareness to certain causes that, you know, obviously you're passionate about. It's, it's special. I would say, as you just mentioned, 
the coolest part about it is just um, being able to spread awareness of my cause, spinal cord injuries, positivity, just belief. Being able to share my story on such big platforms just helps spread the word and just makes people more aware of, you know, your situation. And hopefully brings like a gratifying feeling to their life as well. When I got that award at the ESPYs, I remember when I found out, you know, a few weeks before, I was just like, this is insane. And I go out there and, it's, you know, some people know you, then you hear about, just, oh, yeah, you're a real guy, blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they come say hello, but you're a celebrity athlete or not. After I took the stage and spoke that night, I was the life of the party. Like, everyone wanted to come take a picture with me afterwards. And it goes to show you just how you can make an impact with those five to ten minutes that I had. You know, people, like I said, some other celebrities and athletes that knew me or knew my story, they came to say hi before. But afterwards, there's, a, there's an after party that they hold for all the, you know, athletes and celebrities. And I couldn't roll two feet because everyone wanted to come take a picture or say hello or, you know, their well wishes. So it just goes to show you how you can spread your message with just having a conversation just like that. You never know where conversation may lead or being able to just share a message for five minutes because, it touched so many people. And then being at the WWE Hall of Fame, my God, that's just a whole different crowd. And being in front of them and share my, you know, my love for the WWE when I was a child and those stories. And then just being around people like Ric Flair and The Undertaker and hanging out with them. It was just, whoa, like this is insane. <laughs> it was so fun. It was so fun. Yeah, that's great. It, so it, I'm just trying to visualize this to sit on the ESPY. So you go to this after party. So like, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Peyton Manning, all those type guys are coming up to you. Is that right? Yeah, so LeBron James, they were, I think that was the year of the Olympics. So I, I didn't even get to hear this because after you get done off the stage, you have to go do some media in the back. So I was doing media in the back, and they said LeBron James came on right after. He was like, shout out to my man, Eric LeBrand, for all the inspiration that he's provided at this. And, I, and I, all my boys and my family were telling me all about, like, yo, LeBron James shouted you out. But I was like, Dang, I was in the back. I didn't even get to hear it. Like I missed it. But yeah, it was all like the Gronkowski brothers and them. They wanted, wanted to do shots with me and stuff. It was, it was insane. Just all the different types of people that just came up to. Kenny Chesney was there. Eli Manning, like Tim Tebow. It was just Snoop Dogg was there at that one. Like so, did you everyone, take did you take shots with the Gronks? I did take shots with the Gronk. Nice. What was it? Tequila or vodka? It was, it was actually vodka. It was so the funny. So this is how it happened. Uh, me and my, it was me and my two boys, Joe and uh, and Brandon. We were in uh, we were at the after party. And Gronk, and Gronk comes up to us. He's like, "Hey, what's going on?" And I, I've known him already in the past. So he was saying, "What's up?" So my friend Joe comes over with a beer, and I take a sip of it, and he goes, "Wait, you can drink?" I'm like, "Yeah, I can drink. Yeah." screams loud to his other brothers that were down the other way. No! Get over here! And next thing you know, they all come over and they start to shot, shot, shots, and they're all jumping around me. And then the bartender brings over shots for all of us. And I said, what is going on in life right now? Like, what is happening? It was insane. Oh, man. That is, that's a legendary story. Gronkowski, they just look like, I wish they had... I know they've had like a, a TV show, but like all the Gronks, when, whenever Rob is done playing football or all of them, like they got to have, that's got to be a, a, a weekly show. I mean, those guys are must-see TV. They're insane. They're just like all just a ball of energy, just all happy and smiling. It's just, 
they don't get they just they're there for a good time no matter what and where yeah that's that's you know living life you know you gotta you gotta love them um you know as you know i think even ed Milat said this on his podcast you know you're one of the best inspirational speakers um you're a great speaker you know how has that process been you know how have you you know, you've been on some, so many big stages, like you said, in front of millions of people at the ESPYs to doing, you know, big podcasts and TV shows, you know, how did you, you know, how that experience been and how did you, that's another skill set, communication, right? You've developed that obviously at a high level and any recommendations to our audience on how to maybe work on a skill set to, to, um, provide that. Student speaking, honestly, my biggest thing is when you do speaking, the more you do it, and the more attention that you can, the detail that you can pay into doing it, the better you'll get. So when I say attention to details, I still even mess up. Like making sure that you get correct dates, correct scenarios, telling the story the proper way, perfect transitional ways into something. And also being able to pause, have an effect, let the crowd feel it. I had to learn all this stuff. Because when I first started speaking, I would get up there and I'd go, Blah, 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 and just say everything so fast. And so many people are like, I heard what you say, but said, but I didn't get to feel it because you transitioned to the next story so fast. And I didn't get to like just take in that moment of what you said. So there's so many different ways when it comes to speaking, but especially motivational speaking or, or public speaking, being able to have the effect of being able to share a story, make that person feel a story, know when to pause, know when to be able to pick up on something. I know how to make somebody laugh. <laughs> sorry, sorry, choking off real fast. Oh, you're good. My allergies are me. Caught the back of my throat. I'm sorry. You're good. But, um, but yeah, those moments, those you just have to continue to practice them because a lot of times I remember when I first started speaking fast, after I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus on this, my next speech. I'm going to focus on pausing. And then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on transitional words and first traditional phrases. And as then you start to put them all together, trained behavior becomes instinct. You start to just naturally do it and just naturally flow with it. But it does take practice. It just doesn't come overnight. Yeah, train trained behavior or or uh, experiences over time, like as Malcolm Gladwell say, those ten thousand experiences does chain that behavior. So um you know, I just think there's there's so much, man, to 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 what you've done. Something else, um, want to transition to kind of going back, I guess, to Team Legrand. You've raised at least what I have here over a million dollars uh, in coordination with the Reef Foundation, um, raising you know for for like you said the passions that you have. Um, can you touch upon all the philanthropy you're doing in the world? As you said, uh, unity in the community. So you're doing that not just with coffee, but with dollars as well. Yeah, Team Legrand and Christopher Data Reef Foundation. We formed my foundation in uh, the fall of 2013, and we have now raised over two million dollars. So, okay, I'm proud to say that. And it's about we all we wanted to bring events together. I, I have like a 5K, a flag football tournament, and a gala. Like that was like you know those are like some basic stuff that a lot of foundations do. And I was like you know that's cool. And the flag football is obviously geared towards me football the 5k walk and then like a gala, but I wanted to venture out more and get more people, bring them awareness with spinal cord injuries. So I had to step out of my comfort zone because if you realize spinal cord injuries, they don't discriminate. 
It can happen to anybody at every, any given time and being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So I said, let me step out of my comfort zone and get more people awareness around it. So I started partnering up with friends to do Zumba events, CKO kickboxing events, yoga events, you know, stuff that, you know, that I would, avenues that I probably would never go down in my life or try, but I wanted to continue to bring awareness around, around spinal injuries to all types of people because you may never know who someone may know someone or a family member has a spinal cord injury. And I would just want to know that there's someone out there on the forefront fighting for them to give them that hope that one day we'll live Christopher Reeve's dream. And that's a world of empty wheelchairs. Love that. Love that. Um, Eric, as, as we transition towards the end here, what's next for you? You've done so much. And I know I always say the best is ahead. There is no finish line. I know you're one of those guys that's going to continue I know obviously you just mentioned uh, a world with no wheelchairs. That would be fantastic. What else is in the future for Mr. Legrand? That's so, so funny that you asked that because uh, when I get this question, I always answer like, I don't know. I'm going to continue to do, obviously, what I do and then to try to expand it out as much as I can. That's motivational speaking. That's my foundation, my coffee. Like that's going to be grinded, like grinded away. But I always say, you ever see a mad scientist you look at the chalkboard and there's all this whole quadratic equations and stuff. They're all listed. And then at the bottom right corner, there's the answer. That's me. <laughs> like it's all jumbled up. You don't know what you're looking at, what you're reading. And then you look at the bottom and say, oh yeah, that's the answer. That's my life. Every day is different. I love it. I take it day by day and I can't wait to see what the future holds. Just know your boy's not stopping. I, I, I'm always on go. Well, I know that you're, uh, you're going to keep doing great things. The last question we always ask us on the Underdog Podcast, but before you answer it, Eric, you got to be willing to make it happen. Okay. All right. It means you mean you got some rapport. You're, you're believing me. Not everyone's that that assured. They're like, all right, what's this guy going to ask me? So, so the question is, who should we have on the Underdog Podcast? And with that said, you obviously have to help make that happen. Mm, that's a great question. I have a very good friend of mine by the name of Mikey Nichols. His story is more local, New Jersey. <coughs> Sorry, this is. <coughs> when it comes to spinal cord injury, sometimes trying to cough up that, oh, it's, it's tough. But I um, got it up. But my friend Mikey Nichols, he was a hockey player in senior year who got pushed to that checking to the wall. Well, we fractured, I believe, the C5, C6 vertebrae. Mikey went through the tough challenges of flatlining multiple times catching all types of different infections and, and things from the very beginning. He, all the secondary complications that come from a spinal cord injury, he's pretty much had to deal with. Still to this day, this man pushes, fights and believes, and he is doing so much now. He was able to go to school, get his associates. He's now a para-teacher at his former high school. He's learning how to drive with his hands now, and he doesn't even have full function of his, his hands, just a little bit function of his arms. He does so much. He's ran a New York City Marathon where somebody has pushed him the entire way. That's my boy right there. That's my guy. Someone like him, I think you need to have on this because he has a story to tell. And he's he's told it quite a few times, but he's a special person. Yeah, no, I would love to have him on and have to coordinate to get his uh, information. Well, on behalf of the Underdog Podcast and, and all of our listeners, Eric, you know, we really appreciate your time today and I can't wait for, for everyone to hear this journey. I know most do know it's a really well-known story, but those that don't, 
I think today you've left incredible amount of inspiration and knowledge nuggets um, amongst, and I'm glad. I know that day, you know, you wished, uh, you said, God, take me when you're on that field. And um, I'm glad he did it, man. I'm glad he did it. I'm glad you're here. And uh, like you said, you're going to do great things. So with that said, man, I really appreciate it. And uh, the best is ahead. I appreciate the time, Kyle. It was awesome to be on the Underdog Podcast. And appreciate you having me. And dealing with my allergies, I have to kill you. We can edit that out, man. So thank you. I, I thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps. Leave a five-star rating and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.